Welcome to Twice Born Podcasts. My name is Mike Bailey. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to get your feedback, and if you have any questions, please go to twiceborn.net. You can also find us on social media. I hope that you find this podcast helpful and informative. God bless. If you start the day by looking at social media, you're probably going to have a horrible day. If you start the day by looking at all the news that's going on, you're probably not going to have a great day. But if you start the day by looking at God's word and saying, thank you for the oxygen, thank you for the gravity, thank you for the food and the house and all the amazing things that you supply, your day, no matter what, you're focused in the right direction. And so I would encourage you to precede every day in prayer and to have an attitude of gratitude. I believe in these days and where we live, if you can have an attitude of gratitude, you're going to impact the world. You're going to impact the people around you. Because a lot of times, we don't see an attitude of gratitude. And if you're a guest here today and you're, you, you don't know if you believe all this stuff about Jesus and the Bible and those things, I'm so glad you're here. Because we're going to talk about what it means to be a true believer in Christ. We're going to talk about what it means to be committed to him day in and day out, being renewed in him every day. And so part of being a follower of Christ, if I'm going to claim that I am a believer in Jesus Christ, I need to have an attitude of gratitude. Thankful that I'm alive. Thankful I'm going to live forever in my father's home. Thankful that I get to have friends and family. Thankful that I get to serve a, a wonderful God that's there to guide my steps. And so we're to have an attitude of gratitude. Today we're going to talk about the importance of praying for guidance and wisdom. Praying for guidance and wisdom. And so being in ministry has been an awesome experience for me. I've had a lot of opportunities I wouldn't have had if I wasn't in ministry. One of those was that I get to go on missions trips quite often. And one of the places I was able to go was a place called Lecticia, Colombia. And it's interesting because recently I've been meeting a lot of Colombians. And uh, it's a connection point that God has put in my life. But in 2010, my wife was pregnant with our daughter Anastasia. And I had talked to her and I said, hey, are you okay with me going to Colombia? Because we've been planning this for about a year. And she said, yeah, go. If, if God's leading you to go, you should go. And so we went to Lecticia, Colombia to do uh, evangelism. Uh, we went down the Amazon River and we brought a cow with us. And we brought it to a tribe and they butchered it and made soup for the whole village, which was an amazing experience. And then we were able to share Jesus with them. But there are people in Lecticia. Lecticia is a place you can only get to by flying in or taking a boat in. And while we were there, we met people that lived basically on the river for months at a time. And so to get to most of the people, you had to take a boat. So this was the boat that we would take every day to go down the river uh, to get to different villages. And uh, so we're going down one day, and we're turning off on all these side rivers. And uh, we can tell that the captain of the ship and the leaders that are Colombian are starting to get a little nervous. And the, you know, when, you know, ever been in a situation, everyone's lighthearted, everyone's kind of laughing, and then that's kind of dying down, and there's this weird tension. And you're sitting very close. Look, in this place, there's not a lot of space, so everyone kind of is finding out what's going on, and the realization comes in that they're lost. Now, to be lost here in Port Orange is one thing. Uh, to be lost most places in the United States, you're still probably going to make it. <laughs> um, to be lost in a place where there are no roads and nobody knows where this is and it is literally in the middle of nowhere is a very scary thing. And I start thinking, great, uh, 
my wife's gonna kill me. <laughs> I came all the way down here to Columbia uh, to die on one of these rivers because we weren't gonna find, how was I gonna survive? You start thinking of those shows, Survivor, how are you gonna make it? Who's gonna be the one to survive? And so we're lost for a few hours and there's that tension and literally every thought goes through your mind and you're thinking about, this is terrible, I shouldn't have come, why did I do this? And then something happens that I believe is a miracle. How many of you have great cell service everywhere in Daytona? How many of you find your place, there's places here in Daytona, in this area, that you don't have good cell service, you can't even get a signal? Well, by the miracle of the Lord, one of the women in our group that was one of the leaders got cell signal in the middle of nowhere on a river in Colombia, and she was able to contact someone who gave us some information to the captain that enabled us to get back on the right path. And so we survived. But you know, in life, you can be going down and just enjoying it and day-to-day -day living, doing the same thing and kind of moving forward, and then all of a sudden something happens and you realize, wow, I have, may have been going down the wrong river for quite a while in my life. And my prayer, my prayer, is that most people recognize if they're going down their own river, at some point they realize it's a dead-end river. That it's a river that leads nowhere. Actually, it leads somewhere, and it's horrible. And so my prayer is, as we, as we talk about this and we consider this, is to ask the question and ask the Lord to speak to us, um, because we, he does want to take us to a good destination. I ended up going, if you want to go to the next slide, we did end up going to a village there was about a mile up into the rainforest and being able to share Jesus with people that would not be able to hear unless we went. And so it was an amazing opportunity. It was such a blessing. It was overwhelming to be a part of that. But you know, God has those kind of destinations in store for all of us if we're following him. And so my question for me and for us is, how do you know you're going the right way today? How do you know that you are going the right way in your life? How do you know for certain? Are you positive today that you're going the right direction with your life? And so as we look at that and think about that and ask the Lord to give us wisdom, let's pray and precede his word with prayer. Father God, we thank you for the awesome opportunity to open your word. We thank you that throughout all of history, you have revealed yourself to certain individuals so that we would know truth. The Lord, you've spoken through so many and given us guidance so many times, whether it was the Israelites, whether it was the church, whether it was prophets. Lord, you were so faithful throughout all of time. And so, Lord, as we look to your word today, we pray that you would speak directly to us. You'd give us a peace about your word. And, Lord, that you would guide this conversation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at a few different areas, uh, but if you have them, this is a, a pretty famous verse, maybe a verse you've memorized in your life, maybe a verse you've come across in a devotion before, but I think it's a good starting point for us this morning as we consider how we're to pray. Precede with prayer every day, have an attitude of gratitude, and sometimes we jump right into the requests, and I, and I don't believe that's the example that God gives us. I think he wants us to look to him that his will would be done on earth as in heaven. And so we, we think about that concept of praying for guidance. This verse is a clear verse 
of us understanding that principle. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs is in the Old Testament towards the beginning. Uh, it's a great book to read every day because it's 31 of them, so you can read one for every day of the month. It's a good way to start the day is, is looking at Psalms and Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 gives us a, a really good uh, compass for life. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And so this morning, who are you trusting in when it comes to the direction of your life? It doesn't really matter where you are on your journey, because at any moment in your journey, you can get off the right path. And so are you trusting in the Lord with all your heart today? Are you leaning in your own understandings, or are you leaning on his understanding for you? his direction for your path. If all your ways you submit to them. So I think it's interesting. What does all mean? All means all, and that's all all means, right? I've been told that a million times in my life. When the Bible says all, it means all. It doesn't mean some. It doesn't mean a few things. Um, sometimes I like it to think all means just the things I want it to mean and not the things I don't want it to mean. But it means all the things, right? So it means literally everything. So I have to submit my way when it comes to being a husband, a father, a pastor, a citizen. Whatever you want to add, whatever you put in front, that blank, I have to submit it to the, to the Lord. And so I can't submit partially and then trust that he's going to guide me fully. Correct? We can't, we can't submit to the parts we like, uh, delete the parts we don't like, and then expect full leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so it's full submission. It's fully committing to the Lord in every area of my life. And the beauty of this, if you look through the Bible for promises, this is a promise of direction in your life. Do you know that God is giving you a promise for direction? He's not saying you figure it out and I hope it works out for you. Right? God is not saying to us, hey, um, it's all up to you. You got to do it. You got to figure this life out. You have to make sure you're successful. You have to make sure you achieve those goals. You have to make sure you accomplish those tasks. Uh, that's what the world tells us. That's what we tell ourselves, correct? These are the things we struggle with, is we carry this burden of saying, I have to, I have to get the result. I have to get to the finish line. I have to make it work. I have to make the solution for the problem. And it's not saying that here. It's saying trust in him. Put your faith in him. Allow him to guide you fully. It frees you from the debt of having to control your destiny, to control your, your wins in life. And so here we see that if we are willing to begin the day to say, I submit every area of you today. When I begin the day and I proceed with an attitude of gratitude and I go into a place of direction, I say, God, help me today to know what to do. Please give me wisdom and understanding in all my conversations. Give me wisdom and understanding in all of my decisions. Give me wisdom and discernment and understanding in every situation that will come up today. Help me not to use my flesh to be my guiding focus. Help me not to use my sinful nature to be the thing that guides me today. And you know, I think I said this last week, it's really interesting to me, so many people say when I talk to them, I say, well, what, why do you make the decisions you make? Why do you do what you do? And they say, well, I just have a gut feeling. And I say, out of all the things to follow, why would you follow your gut? It's like, the, like follow your brain or don't follow your gut, right? It's such a weird thing to say. I don't even know where we came up with that. 
But the truth of the matter here is, is God is he's giving us a promise of direction. He's saying, I will direct your path. I will be the one that leads you. I will be the one that guides you. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's some problems with this because for us, the challenge is, can I really trust that God is going to lead me in the right direction? The same thing he said, you know, the, the serpent said to Eve, he said, um, God does, doesn't want you to know the truth. Did he really say this? Because he's keeping some stuff from you. He's keeping the fact that you get to be a God if you eat of this fruit. And sometimes we do that same thing in our own lives. We think, well, I know the direction God might have for me, but maybe there's a better direction. Maybe there's things I should focus on that I don't think God's leading me to. And so we get in traps in life. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew. It's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 7. This gives us a big picture. This is, you know, a thousand foot, 30,000 foot view of life and what all of us struggle with and the, and the issue of direction in our life. Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. This is Jesus saying this. Uh, Enter through the narrow gate. It's directional. It's, it's a place that you finish. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is broad that leads where? To destruction. There is a broad road, and it is wide, and it leads to destruction. And there are many who go there. Many are going through that wide road. They're on a path that leads to destruction. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few that find it? My prayer this morning is that you found that road. That the direction you're headed on isn't the wide path. The wide path that is, that is easy. The wide path that is full. The wide path that's going in the wrong direction. You see, every morning when we get up and we begin our day, we either get on that wide path or we get on the narrow path. Think about it. You've been on a path your whole life. And think about all the people you know. Everyone, everywhere is on a path in a direction. And we're all headed somewhere. We're all moving in a direction. How do you know you're not on the wide path? How do you know that you're on the narrow path that leads to, direct, to the life? There are two paths in life. God has made it very clear. He hasn't confused the subject. He's made it significantly clear for us that there are two ways. There's a path that leads to life, and there's a path that leads to destruction. And so our challenge, our challenge is not to go with the flow, not to get in the big group that goes in one direction. That sounds easy, but the truth is many of us, and me included, we, we're, we're always convinced by the crowd. We're always uh, following the ways of the world in one way or another because it's, it's just so easy. It seems so right at times. And so we have to confront that in ourselves. We have to confront the fact, am I really following God today or am I just following a world that's lost and headed for destruction? Another area I think is a challenge for us when it comes to guidance and asking the Lord to lead us is found in 1 Chronicles verse 10, chapter 10, verse 13. If you know the story of King Saul, he's the first king of, of Israel. The people wanted a king, and so God said, fine, I'll give you a king, even though I should be your king. And, and they give him this man. You know how they pick Saul to be their king? I would have never got picked to be the king of Israel. They picked him because he was the tallest guy in the group. And that is height discrimination, and I am very offended by it. <laughs> they pick Saul, tall guy. He actually starts well. 
He actually does a pretty good job. He's a fairly good king in his beginning years, but he falls because he becomes prideful. He becomes self-centered. He thinks he can do it without God. He stops looking to God for guidance, and he stops doing it his own way. And the truth is, that's the temptation of all of us. There may be a time in your life where you want fire for the Lord. You had a passion to seek him. You desire to, to follow his way every single day of your life. And over time, because time can strip us of our passions. We can, be, we can go through tough situations. We can go through the highs and lows of life. And it begins to take away from our focus. And slowly we drift away from our focus on God. Slowly we drift away from our complete commitment to the Lord. And over time, we find ourselves in a completely opposite path. That's what happened to Saul. Saul got to the place in his life right before he dies here, we're going to see in verse 13, that Saul died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord because he did not keep the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance. But look at this verse 14. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Saul was at a place where he was going to go to a fortune teller. He was going to go read the tarot cards. He was going to do anything but go to God for guidance and wisdom. You know, the temptation in my life, the temptation in our life is to go anywhere but God for guidance. What should I do with my relationship issues? Well, maybe I should read this book or watch this video or talk to this person. What should I do about my financial issues? Maybe I should get a Dave Ramsey course or... Go, go talk to someone who has their finances. These are good ideas. Think about it, though. When things come up in our life, what do we tend to do? We tend to look to the human answers to the spiritual problems. We tend to look, instead of, God, what is your will? How can I follow you? Lead me and guide me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to do the hard things that are right. Help me to do the hard things that are the right things. Saul didn't do that. Saul said, I want the easy way. I want man's way. I want it to be anything but God. Do we not live in a world, especially in the United States, that says anything but God? We're going to follow anything but God. And where is it leading us? Is it leading us to life? Is it leading us to victory? Is it leading us to a, a, a world that is full of love and joy and peace and kindness? Or is it leading us to a, a divided, hate-filled, angry, uptight, stressed-out, anxious place? You see, the more we reject the direction that God leads us, the more we invite all of these other things into our world, into our lives, into our families, into our works, into our communities. This is why this topic is so vitally important to us as the church, because it's our responsibility to lead the way. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ... I need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Not my emotions, not my gut, not, not what the newest fad is, not what the book that was written last week says I should do, not the, the person on television or the computer or my phone. And the problem was is that he was listening to godless direction. Saul was listening to godless direction. How much godless direction are you listening to? and allowing to infiltrate your thoughts and, and your ideas. How much godless, and I mean God isn't even part of the equation when it comes to guidance in these areas. And maybe this isn't where you're struggling, but I guarantee there's people in your life that are struggling with this. I guarantee there's people in your life that are on a path that's leading them to despair and destruction because they're listening to godless advice. 
They're, they're, they're tuning into a podcast, they're listening to a radio station, they're reading books, they're talking to their coworkers, they're engaged in a world that's godless, and it's all giving them advice, and that advice is leading them to destruction. What are we gonna do? What are you gonna do? How are we gonna make an impact? And these areas of the world that we see are falling apart. So God gives us a clear answer to all of this. He says in his guiding prayer, he says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And then we're told, for thine is the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. He tells us to lead us. Lead me in the way of righteousness. Lead me in the way of truth. Lead me in the way of purity. Lead me in the way of holiness. These are not natural. These are actually the opposite of natural because our flesh is what is natural. And so beginning every day saying, your guidance, don't lead me to a place that my flesh will destroy me. Lead me to a place of life where I will have righteousness. Not my righteousness, but your righteousness. Because you're the one leading. You're the one guiding. You're the one providing. Today, are we at that place in our life where we pray in a way that, God, give me guidance that I may seek your direction, that I may know your way, that I may be faithful to the calling you placed upon my life? Can I be counted as a follower of yours? Can you be counted? If I was to sit down with you, if the Lord sat down with you, would you consider yourself his follower? You're following his calling. You're following his word. You're desiring to know him more. You're going on that path that leads to life. And every day, you're taking another step in that direction. And the way you're doing that, the practical way you're doing that, is you're verbally either out loud or within your brain saying, God, guide me. Guide me in every area of my life. I submit it all to you. Guide me in my thoughts. Guide me in my actions. Guide me in every decision I make. Guide me in how I spend my money, how I spend my time, how I spend my energy. Guide these things in the direction that you want me to go. Because I desire to follow you. I desire your guidance. See, it's an amazing thing that God has created this universe and he's created this world in a way that teaches us about him all the time in so many different ways. We need to pray in a way that seeks God's direction in a world where everything is controlled by God. Jeremiah 8, 7, it says this. It's really interesting. It says, even the storks in the sky know their seasons. Turtle doves, swallows, and cranes are aware of their migration. Did you know the birds were created by God on purpose with a plan, and he gives them direction? Did you know the birds have migration patterns? Did you know the birds don't have school? They don't have colleges. They don't have professors. They don't have them come in and say, hey, I'm going to teach you migration today. All right, first thing is you got you to get your body weight to a right place, and, and you got to eat the right things, and, and we're going to talk about your calorie intake. We're going to talk about how your wings work so that you can get the right flutter rate so you can have enough energy, and you can get to the place you need to go, and all these things are going to work out perfectly, and this is what we're going to study and learn today. There's none of that. God created it intrinsically within these creatures to know what they're to do. If you look at the screen, you're going to see a picture of a bird. It's called a red knot. After this verse, after Jeremiah. The next slide. Thank you. <laughs> the red knot. This is an amazing bird. It has one of the longest migration patterns in all the world. 
So one of the interesting things, you'll stay on that picture, don't go yet. <laughs> this bird, it's a monogamous bird. Did you know that the, the animals, there's some monogamous animals? It has one partner, okay? And with that partner, a man and a woman come together, and uh, the, the, the woman will lay around three to four eggs. But before she does that, guess what, women? The man makes about three or four nests for her. So she's going to have some comfort level. She's going to be able to go to a different nest and lay these eggs. And then guess what they do? They take turns sitting and taking care of and nurturing the egg. So both the man and the woman, red knot, take care of the little baby egg. And then over a couple of weeks, that baby hatches. Now, in, in, the, in the animal kingdom, there are, there are animals that hatch out of their eggs, and they, they're like, they need nurturing because they can't survive. And then there's other animals that they hatch, and they actually are, they have great survival instincts, and they don't even need much help from mom and dad. And so for about a week, the mom sticks around, and then she flies away. And then about a week after that, the dad sticks around, and he flies away. And then the little baby, that's been eaten for a couple weeks now, decides it's time for me to go. And so it begins its journey. It's an amazing journey. It does this twice a year. It starts way up in the top of Canada. And it flies around. It even goes over to Maine. It goes down the coast. It goes to the outside of Brazil. It goes to the very southern tip of South America. It is a 9,000-mile journey. 9,000-mile journey. Why does it do it? We don't know. It listens to the Word of God. It does what it was created to do. But here's the amazing thing. After this 9,000-mile journey, uh, the, the dad actually kicks up to the mom. They meet up. They meet up after the 9,000-mile journey. And they get together and they hang out. You go to the next slide. This little baby that was just born flies 9,000 miles, and it meets up with mom and dad 9,000 miles away at the very bottom of South America. And then in the autumn, it does the same thing again and returns all the way back up to the top of Canada. Now listen. When we try to live our lives absent of God, when we say, I don't want to listen to you, God, I'm going to do it my way, I don't care what you say, I don't care about your word, I don't care about the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me, do you realize that we are dumber than a bird brain? We are dumber than a bird brain when we decide to do it our own way. When we decide that I'm just going gonna, gonna to go wherever I want, do whatever I want, whatever my gut tells me, wherever I feel like going, however I feel like living my life, any day that you don't tune your antenna into the Lord is a lost day. It's a missed day. Any day that you don't say, guide me today, direct my path, direct my thoughts, direct my actions, direct my steps, it's a lost day. Because one of the greatest gifts of knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior is that it is a personal daily relationship. It's a relationship of hope. It's a relationship of peace. It's a relationship where he directs our path. Sometimes he, he teaches us new things by recorrecting our course, by teaching us what we need to confess and what we need to hand over to him so that we can get back on that right path, that path that leads to life. And so here's my 
My challenge to myself and to all of us, Romans 8, 12 through 14. Here's what it says. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. Or you can put God's children. Today, if you're a child of God, you are Holy Spirit led. Being a Christian isn't coming to church on Sunday and listening to some guy talk about the Bible and sing some songs that somebody else has written and, and giving a tithe. That is not being a Christian. Yes, you do that as a Christian, but that's not what it is to be a Christian. To be a Christian is someone who has confessed and believed and put their entire hope of their entire life into Jesus Christ. And it's not Sunday or Wednesday or single day or a single hour or a single place or a single group. It's literally every part of your life. From the day you get up to the moment you go to sleep. Guide me. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me your ways. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. In James it says that God gives us wisdom generously if we ask him. If we ask him, he gives us generously. This morning, how do you know you're going the right way? If you think about this last week, how many times did you stop and say, God, direct my path right now? God, help me in this. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Did you submit the situation to him? Did you submit the thought to him? Did you give him authority in every area of your life? Did you give him control of the direction? You know, they say, God is my co-pilot. Well, then you're in the wrong seat. He needs to be your pilot. He's the one directing. He's the one guiding. He's the one, because he knows way better than any of us. He knows more about you than you know about you. He knows exactly what's going to happen to you. And he's saying, trust me. Trust me with your tomorrow. Trust me with your today. Let me guide you. And so how can we apply this to our lives? How can we make this part of our day-to-day routine? Well, as we precede every day in prayer and precede everything in prayer, then I think it's important for us to consider what direction you are going. Which way am I going today? You know, even as a believer, I can allow the flesh to creep in, and then all of a sudden, I'm doing very selfish things, and I'm acting of a very selfish person, and I'm very self-centered, and I'm not considering the things of God. I'm not considering his way, his path, his direction. You know, the enemy, he can get to us wherever we are on our, on our journey. And he can use struggles, he can use relationships, he can use finances, he can use your health, he can use your situation. All of these things, the enemy and our flesh try to pull us from the right path. And so we need to just stop and consider, where am I? Where am I going? Who am I really? Not who do I want to be, not who do I think I am, but what am I really and where am I really going? I need to consider these things on a daily basis. Consider what have I done this week, what have I done today that reveals who I am and where I'm going. Once you've considered that, add the prayer of guidance to your daily life. If you don't already have this as part of your daily prayer life, add guidance and be specific. Whatever that decision is, whatever that thing and that day is, say, God, give me guidance in this. 
God, guide me through that. God, help me through this. I encourage you, say it out loud. There's something powerful to hear your own voice asking for the help of God. The enemy hates it. Your flesh hates it. The sinful world hates it. God loves it. Which one do you care about? Which one is important? Which one is powerful? Which one's going to make the difference? It's so valuable, this tool that God gives us. Add the prayer of guidance to your daily life and then ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Have you ever considered what is leading you today? What's your motivation? What is the thing within you that is the reason you do what you do? What is that thing? Have you ever dived deep into your own soul to see who you really are? To ask those tough questions. Why do I do what I do? Why am I the way I am? Is this the Holy Spirit of God leading me? The easiest way to find that out is he invited into every area. Is the Holy Spirit invited into every one of your thoughts? Is the Holy Spirit invited into everywhere you go, every action you take? Because if, if we take what God's word says to be true, he is there. The Holy Spirit is there. He's with you. He knows these things. He wants to give you insight. He wants to give you wisdom. But he needs you to ask. He needs you to seek. He needs you to have a want to. I want to follow the Lord today. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how old or young you are. Where are you headed? Are you spirit-led? Do you begin the day asking God to guide you? Do you end the day by looking at how he guided you that day? So much that God has for us that we can miss if we don't make strong commitments. You know, one of the interesting things to me working with younger people is that our culture has really moved away from commitment. Don't be committed to anything. Basically, we live the world where everything is a buffet, right? Everything I get to pick and choose. If I don't like it, I just pick something else. If I want to buy something, I can just get it online. One of the challenges is, is that we live our lives without making really firm, strong commitments. Commitments that say, this is the flag that I've planted that I will not change. This is who I am to the day that I die. I am absolutely, overly committed to this until the moment I meet my maker. Would you be committed to being Holy Spirit-led? To asking for his wisdom, asking for his guidance? and then being open to his instruction. That's my prayer for you this morning. That's my prayer for myself, that we would be spirit-led believers. Let's ask him to do that now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you because you hear our hearts, you hear our thoughts, and you hear our words. And so, Lord, as we come to you this morning, we ask that you would convict us of any sin, Correct our path if we're not on the right one. And Lord, help us to invest every single day from here to the moment you return and following your lead, seeking you in every moment. Help us, Lord, to be committed to this. Lord, we know that there's so many distractions. We know right now the enemy would, the, the last thing he wants us to do is be committed to following your way. And so, Lord, we ask you to help us. Help us as a church, help us as individuals to follow your path. 
Lord, we thank you for where you're going to lead us. We thank you for the life that you've promised. We thank you for the guidance that you've promised. Help us to live these things out in our day-to-day lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we sing our final song, it's an opportunity to make a decision, make a commitment. Maybe there's never a time in your life where you said, yes, Jesus, I I confess my sins. I believe in you as my Lord and Savior. I want to give everything to you. I want to live for you the rest of my life. I want to receive the gift of eternal life. I want to be part of your family. If you want to begin that journey today, I would encourage you to come forward as we sing. Make that decision. Make it firm in your life. Make sure that you know that you've made the decision, that you're a child of the King. This morning, if you're struggling with something and and you've really felt a lot of anxious thoughts and and you don't feel like maybe you're on the right path today and you just want to get on that right path again this is a time we have prayer counselors here to pray with you to encourage you to walk through that with you we're not to do this by ourselves. your journey is the journey that we're on together we want to walk beside each other and encourage each other